Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm a functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a 12-month practitioner mentorship where I help other nutrition pros level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. This episode is brought to you by our show sponsor, Organifi. If you're interested in hormonal health, I suggest you check out their Harmony Blend. It was specifically designed for PMS support to help balance out female hormones and to give you a little energy boost with the adaptogenic herbs that they use like Shatavari and maca. So it's a cacao and maca blend. I happen to love those two flavors together. So tasty. Uh, We also have ginger and turmeric added to the mix. So it's kind of like a spicy treat. Chase tree berries also featured, which is an herb that has been long shown to support female hormones. So I highly recommend that product. It's really tasty. You could also look into their gold powder, one of their best sellers. That's a turmeric ginger blend. Both are anti-inflammatory. And listen, menstruation, having a period is a naturally inflammatory process. And so if you're experiencing wonkiness during those times of the month, uh, it's not terribly uncommon, especially if you have underlying inflammatory stuff going on. It kind of just throws a little bit of gasoline on the fire. So doing anti-inflammatories during your period is a smart bet. Turmeric and ginger are two things that I highly recommend. Uh, This product, Gold, also has lemon balm and magnesium. Both of those are calming and soothing and can really, I mean, I drink it all the time, not just when I'm on my period, but it's a really good tool if you do have PMS symptoms. Both of these blends, the Harmony and the Gold, are great for post-meal sweet treats. You mix a little bit with either hot water. I personally like it with non-dairy milk. And uh, if you're somebody who has a sweet tooth, check them out. Head to Organifi.com forward slash funk. So that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash funk or use code funk to save you 20% on any of your orders. Hello, my friends. Today we are talking about period problems because it turns out a lot of people got them. Uh, I'm chatting with Barry and Barry. She's a menstrual health educator and she is the founder of Optimize Your Flow. And she talks all about how to help your problematic periods in a natural way. And we have talked about this topic multiple times over the past four years. So there's going to be some things that we touch on. And if you want to do a deeper dive, uh, I recommend listening to episode 61, Using Your Cycle to Plan Your Life, Menstruation, Ovulation, and Tracking Hormones. That one's a, a banger. That's like a must listen with Lisa Hendrickson-Jack of Fertility Friday. We have episode 48 
with none other than Dr. Jolene Brighton. She talks about exploring female hormones and birth control. So we have the whole birth control chat on that episode. Episode 148, we talked about periods, PMS, and other hormone strategies with Lenise Brothers. In episode 120, we talked more about the wonky periods basics. Uh, Melissa Lee shared her story of navigating PCOS in a natural way. And um, I'll also throw out episode 53, when your doctor doesn't believe your pain, which is another relevant episode. So if you are new here, welcome. And this is a topic that you're interested in and you'd like more in-depth information, be sure to check all of those out. I'll make sure to link them up in the show notes. We are, this is kind of like the first announcement, we're working on a really big project where we're organizing podcast content. We're working with Laura Fox a local gal um and she is helping us to like actually have like a method to this madness <laughs> cuz at this point there's like what 180 episodes of the podcast so when somebody, you know, we have people coming to the show all the time, like brand Nubians checking it out and they're like, where do I even start? So we've got, we've got some organization coming up, but I'm very, very excited about. And, um, whether you're a longtime OG listener or you're brand new to the show, I appreciate you. I appreciate your listenership. And I know that there's no shortage of podcasts these days. So I don't take your presence here lightly. In fact, I take it very seriously, I pride myself on producing a high quality show, meaning that these shows are highly researched, they're heavily curated, so I can be sure to deliver the most comprehensive and organized information that can lead to actionable steps on your end, right? This, that, is, that is the goal of this free resource, is that you can listen for free and then you can apply some of the strategies that we're discussing on the show to your life. I uh, Just this week, I'm working with uh, a client or I met with a client um, who I love and she was telling me that she listened to the podcast, she's been listening to the podcast for the past two years and have has implemented so many dietary changes and lifestyle tweaks and make sure she's eating appropriately and scaling back on her exercise to really kind of put herself in a, such a good position. Right now, she hired me as a one-on-one client just to kind of dial in the levers and optimize function and just do some functional lab testing, make sure everything's running smoothly. But she, you know, she utilized the podcast and like put in the work. And I, I just love that. And um, so if you're somebody who has benefited from the show, or you're new here, be sure that you you subscribe. You can leave a review if you feel so inclined. Be sure to share with a friend, share with family members. It's honestly an honor to be able to do this. And my hope is that it continues to reach as many people as possible so you can implement all of these uh, strategies to change your life and change your health. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to do that for your period today. Barian is such a love. She is... I. I reached out to her. We get, no word of a lie, at least five to six um, requests every single day about people coming on the show. And I mean, it's it's completely overwhelming. Um, and they're always like stock emails. You know, it's never anybody like really reaching out personally. But I, the way that I, I pull on guests to the show is that I invite people who I vibe with. And Barian is such a a vibe. She's just good stuff. I I could watch her all day. She is so I just smile when I I watch her. She's I love the way that she presents information. So, I think you you guys will get a kick out of this. It is really we're we're talking like we're back to basics. 
You know I love me some biohacking and I love me some high-level approaches, but if we're not doing the strategies discussed in today's show, then it's all going to kind of, it's like building something on a, like a, like building a house of cards, right? Like it's building, that's kind of been like an ongoing theme here is like, you have to build out the the strong foundation before you start implementing those higher level strategies. So today we're going to talk about some things that you can do to have a better period. So without much further ado, here we go. All right. Welcome to the show, Barion. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for being here. I am so excited to be here and talk all things periods and whatever else you throw at me. Okay, perfect. Um, so we'll start there. Your work really does center around problematic periods. I think that's fair to say. And back when I posted on Instagram, any specific questions that people had for you, it was a lot of, I would say the bulk of the questions that came in were like, is it normal if, is it normal when, and just, it was like all these things having to do with our period. So I think that's probably the best place to start. Let's talk about what a normal versus an abnormal period looks like just right out of the gate. Okay. So here's the first thing, like we're going to do a lot of myth busting. So everybody like just get ready for it. Okay. We got some juice coming at you. So a normal period should be anywhere from three to seven days in length. Okay. The blood should be like red. We want to go for like a bright red or even a cherry red. If there's any other blood color in there, then you need to go one, just go on Instagram. There's tons of posts from like people like me who are saying like, this is abnormal. Like if it's like a gray color, that could be an indication of like an STI. Um, if it's purple, that's an indication of like estrogen dominance, so many different things. So I would go look at a little graph on Instagram and then of course, speak with your doctor, but then there's the menstrual cycle, right? And the main thing we need to like talk about is a menstrual cycle can be anywhere from 21 to 34 days in length, the entire cycle. I know everyone says that it's a 28 day cycle on average. We would like that, but that's not always true. So I think that is, you know, kind of what we want to start with when it comes to what is normal. Also, my favorite thing to say is periods are normal. Pain shouldn't be. So there's also this idea that because if you have a period, you're going to be in pain. And like, mm, that is the best lie that was ever sold to everybody who's ever had a period. So I think it's really important to know that, you know, that is considered abnormal blood. That is any color, but red is abnormal. Um, a period that is longer than seven days. That is abnormal. If it's shorter than three days, that's also abnormal. So once you know what the normal parameters are, it's pretty easy to say anything else is considered abnormal. Even if it's common, it's still considered abnormal. What about, did you say, what about pink blood? So a light pink, light pink generally is an indication of lower estrogen levels in the body. Um, but also that can be a sign that like somebody might be transitioning into another phase. So post our ideal or most optimal reproductive years, a lot of times if you're in that perimenopause or menopause state, sometimes it's the lower levels of estrogen because the body's well, not producing as much E2 as it normally would. Yeah. And I, I've certainly seen that in my own, when I was uh, dealing with low estrogen levels, I definitely saw 
lighter periods, like very light bleeds, and it was more pink than a bright red. So that certainly tracks in my own experience. Okay. So I love that. I love that it's so important because I, so many women come to me and they, it's almost like the goal is to get to a 28 day cycle because that's what they think is normal. That's, that's what I think we've all wrapped our head around as like what hormone balance looks like, but it's not the norm for everybody. I think it's important that we, we figure out like what's normal for us, what's healthy for us, what's balanced for us. And the goal isn't to just be this like robotic, every single menstruating person is exactly the same on the exact same cycle, but trying to figure out what's normal for us, what's correct for us. How do we like, that's kind of challenging. So how do we do that? So I think that one of the things we have to establish is hormonal balance is not just data and numbers. It's also a feeling. I think a lot of times we get fixated on the numbers and like, I mean, I read lab reports quite often. So I'm like, give me the data. Like, let me see the numbers. Right. But I also believe it's a feeling. So you have to get into a space where you're very aware of your own fertility as well as your body. So for me, I don't actually have a 28 day cycle. I have a 32 day cycle. Most people would be like, Oh my gosh, that's so weird. And I'm like, girl, no, like I just ovulate a little bit later. It doesn't make me any less normal than the next person. Right. So you really have to start paying attention to your own uh, biomarkers and body cues in order to know and understand what's actually going on. So does, I, I know that's not like a very direct answer, but I think it's more so tuning out or turning down the volume of the outside world and really turning up the volume of you and understanding your own body. And I think as somebody who also looks at a lot of labs, that data can be very validating. It can be very helpful in that it can support, um, it can give us information to help support somebody, but nothing overrides in Trump's like a lived physical experience experience in the body. Um, I had a client recently who, um, was coming to me for hormonal migraines and she was kept explaining like exact she's like I know that I I ovulate right at this point and I know that this happens right at this point because she had really invested a lot of time over the past couple of years in exactly what you're saying like listening to her body tracking you know different temperatures, like noticing how she's feeling. And we ended up running a cycle map on her. Uh, so we, so that's, you're, you're looking at, um, estrogen and progesterone throughout the entire length of the cycle for those who aren't familiar. And it was like, we both teared up a little bit because exactly what she was feeling in her body was exactly what the lab data presented. And it was just like such a wonderful, like coming home moment to her as somebody who's struggled with eating disorders and being at war with her body Mm -hmm. to be like, I'm, I'm home. I'm here. Like I get what's going on. The data didn't teach me anything. I didn't already know internally. It just backed it all up. So I think that that's like the, I mean, maybe that's like, the end game, the end goal for so many of us is to just like truly understand what's happening throughout the course of the month. Yeah. And I think that one of the things you said, it's like, she came home, right? Like she felt so validated. And with what I like to do, I want people to rebuild that trust with their body because so often we're taught that numbers don't lie and they don't, I mean, always, you know, I mean, you can fudge some numbers here and there, but I think that the ability to really reestablish that trust and that connection is what actually allows so many people to 
you know, heal their problematic periods, knowing I have the tools and the support that I need to be able to heal and help myself. I mean, that's like my whole thing is like teaching people how to heal and help themselves, but through the scope of period work. Well, I mean, don't we all need help with that? Um, <laughs> it's like the, the ongoing journey is like, how do I, how do I figure out how to help myself? Um, so we talked about what an ideal period kind of should look like. And I think that there's probably a lot of listeners who are like, okay, so that's not me. Um, and there's a lot of people experiencing discomfort, pain, mood changes, big mood swings throughout um, their premenstrual cycle and into menstruation. I recently had uh, just yesterday, a client of mine, her 16 year old daughter went to her pediatrician and brought up the fact that she's dealing with a lot of PMS symptoms. And so the pediatrician gave her the option of birth control. That was really the only thing that was discussed in that appointment. And so I would love to provide some solutions for folks out. We've talked about on the show before the whole birth control thing, um, outside of exogenous hormones or outside of like shutting down our brain to ovary connection, what are other options if somebody is dealing with pain or is dealing with PMS, what can we do to support them? All right, everybody pull out your notebooks, open up the note section <laughs> on your phone. Let's get tactical. Okay. So the first thing you have to understand and really know is the menstrual cycle is a blueprint. Okay. Just like anything else, it's a tool and we have to be really adamant about being proactive rather than reactive. So I love to say, break your cycle up into two sections, two weeks of high energy and two weeks of low energy. And the reason I say this is because when you're in that high energy state, I want you to do the things that are more externally focused and more, mm, they may cause a little bit more stress in your life. Okay. Do that during that stage. And the reason you want to do this is because your estrogens on the rise, the testosterone spikes during ovulation, you know, so we have the capacity to perform and do things at a different way. Then when you notice you're PMSing or when you're on your period, turn down the intensity and do more internal focus things. And the reason I do this is because we're matching our hormones in the ebb and flow of our energy. That is the simplest, most tactical thing I can give. Second thing is red raspberry leaf tea. Now I'm not saying it's a miracle, but it is okay. Like it really is because it actually helps to strengthen and tone the muscles of the uterus, which generally, when you talk about period pain, we're talking about cramping, we're talking about bloating, and we're talking about heavy bleeding. So anything you can nourish your body with, like a raspberry leaf tea, is actually going to help mitigate a lot of the pain and actually strengthen you. Um, in addition to that, liver-loving foods. I feel like you probably already covered this, but just to reiterate, things that are going to really support the liver, because what research shows is there's a direct correlation between estrogen inflammation and our liver, like they're all linked together. And our liver is our body's natural detoxification point, right? So if our estrogen levels are too high, our liver will actually try to crank it out. So if you're supporting the liver with like, you know, your cruciferous vegetables, if it's gentle on your gut, that is, I know everybody has a different thing that they deal with, but when you're consuming those things, it's aiding the liver and helping the liver get rid of those estrogen levels. And generally when estrogen is high, inflammation is high. When inflammation is high, there's more pain. And it, and so the story goes on and on and on. So those are my two most tactical things. And then like a third, like hot tip also, I have to plug my favorite like period product right now, 
for pain management. If you are somebody who's like holistic and natural, like moi, you need to get something called Semaine. I'll make sure I send you a link to it. Leave it in the show notes. Everybody needs this. You can get it at your local target. It is literally plant-based period pain relief, magnesium, boswellia, curcumin, and so many other incredible, it's nine ingredients, but that's going to help. And for, for those of you who get a little moody, one, make sure your blood sugar is stabilized. Okay. That should go without saying, but like, let's make sure we start there. And number two, also give yourself permission to experience those moods and those feelings, because generally after ovulation, there's a dip in your estrogen. And some research shows that there's also a dip in your serotonin, your dopamine and your endorphins. So if you're feeling a little moody, you're feeling maybe struggling with some imposter syndrome, we all go through it. It's okay. Know that the science really says that's expected, but also give yourself some grace. Oh, I love that because it's so, we get so down on ourselves in that point of our cycle. And it's, we, like, I always make the joke, like, don't make any big decisions during that phase, you know, like wait it out, bleed it out. And then like regroup before you make any decisions. Like, I don't know, cutting bangs or something, you know, it's like (laughs) not a luteal phase activity. (laughs) Um, So uh, that's all super helpful. You mentioned briefly some food stuff in your estimation. It's probably not at like as easy as like, give me one one reason, but if you could boil it all down to one thing or maybe two or three things, why collectively do we, do we struggle with period issues so much? Is it a stress thing? Is it a food thing? Is it like all the above? Where do you want me to start? (laughs) It's it's a non-exhaustive list. Um, Actually, what's so interesting is I was reading an article yesterday that actually shares that during our reproductive years for people with periods and I'm trying to be as inclusive as possible, but I'm going to quote the research as much as possible. Women, our HPA access specifically, kind of is at a disadvantage because of how our cortisol response is during our reproductive years. So we're hypersensitive to it and we don't replenish as fast as like our male counterparts. They're resetting every 24 hours. We're resetting every 21 to 35 days, depending on where we're at with our cycle. So I think one, being aware of that two, stop stressing out. We love to stress out. Okay. Stress is probably the biggest culprit of everything we deal with. It's like the bane of our existence. It's good to keep us alive. We need that. But also being stressed out or anxious over things that we actually have no control over isn't helping us. Um, there's no cute way to say it. You know, it's just like, this is what it is. We're chronically stressed out. And a lot of people don't see the relationship between being stressed out, being anxious, being burnt out and the period pain they're experiencing because people are, are not aware of like a negative feedback loop. So naturally when we're stressed out in nature, you know, our cortisol spike, keep us alive. If we're running from like, I don't know, a wolf, a bear or something, right. But then once we're slowing down enough and like we've caught our breath, maybe we've changed the fact that we're no longer in the sympathetic, but we're in our parasympathetic nervous system. The feedback loop is supposed to close, but we stress out over like everything under the sun. And like, and this is not to be like, oh, we're just stressed out for no reason. It's like everywhere you turn, there is some type of stressor. So being able to know how to close the feedback loop for yourself is really important. And I always tell my clients, come back to your breath. Like the moment your period pain arises, you have a cramp, 
and people get so mad at me. And they're like, why are you telling me to do this? I'm like, inhale and make sure you're exhaling longer than you're inhaling. Let's calm your nervous system, calm your body. And generally that can alleviate pain. If you have endometriosis, I know that that's not as helpful, but for like the general public who might not have that same condition, it's important to regulate your system. Absolutely. And I, I, you know, that's not something that I was ever taught as a young girl, like, Hey, your stress can influence your period. And this isn't information that we're really given. It's like, Oh, you have PMS. Here's a pill. Like just make it go away. Don't really Mm -hmm. think about what might be going on. And we're going to quickly interrupt this discussion to shout out one of our show sponsors. As a reminder, the support of our sponsors is what allows the Functional Nutrition Podcast to continue to pump out new content to you. So we always thank them. We hope that you support them too. Local friend, Coyote River Hemp Co. I've known the owner, Ryan, going all the way back to my health food store days over a decade ago. His company is committed to regenerative farming practices. Listen, not all CBD products are created equally, so make sure you are being a savvy consumer when you're purchasing CBD. I highly recommend their Coyote River 500 milligram hemp oil, and you can use that to titrate the dose up or down. We always recommend starting low and working your way up slowly over time. You can head to their website and use code FUNK10 to save 10%. That's coyoteriverhempco.com. And thank our show sponsor, BioCult. Their boosted product is a multi-strain probiotic, four times the concentration of the original formula, which is why I prefer it. All of their probiotic strains are backed by clinical research. It really makes a great everyday probiotic. I just had somebody on Instagram reach out and say, this stuff has changed me. Thank you. So it's a great product. And the cool thing about it is that there's no need to refrigerate it. So you can take it with you when you're traveling, which I highly recommend because most of our guts get really jacked up when we're off our schedule, when we're traveling, when we're doing things that we don't normally do. So taking a probiotic with you is a good bet. You can give it to your kiddos. Those, uh, the capsules can break apart. You can sprinkle it into yogurt or oatmeal or add it to a drink. This is what I do for Hattie. I put in a little shot glass with a bit of water and she just shoots it down. So head to their website using the link in our show notes, use code funk 15 to save 15% off of your order. Um, you did mention blood sugar, which is huge, huge, huge. I feel like these are like the real big pillars, right? We, we need to look at, look at our stress, anything that's going to influence other, you know, I I talk about these big pillars often, but like anything that can influence your overall body can really influence your female cycle. So stress, right? Blood sugar dysregulation is going to be huge. Um, You had talked about doing some anti-inflammatories during menstruation. What I think another thing that people don't really understand is that menstruation, like the act of of menstruation is, is, is a pro-inflammatory process. So that can, if you have any low grade uh, underlying inflammation in the body, that's going to exacerbate those things that are kind of already lying dormant. And so throwing down some anti, uh, anti-inflammatory is really, really helpful. And I'm not talking about the Advils and the Tylenol because that comes with its own set of risk, but doing things like you mentioned, like the Boswellia doing magnesium, um, some more natural compounds. Uh, but another thing, one of the reasons that we see pain and, and heavy bleeds. It's, it can be a prostaglandin issue and that it's, I'm just, I've been talking a lot about oils. I mean, I think it was like probably episode three of this show, like one, two or three, like four years ago, I, I talked about, uh, inflammatory oils and like the seed oils. And I'm like circling back around to that. I'm like, Oh, we still have to keep talking about this, I guess. 
but having an imbalance, one thing that I just challenge people to do on Instagram is to look at every single snack that you're buying and see how many of them contain, you know, artificial or um, like industrial seed oils, right? Mm -hmm. But if we're consuming a ton of those and not matching them with the anti-inflammatory oils, that can really put us in a pro-inflammatory state that can contribute to prostaglandin issues. So a lot of this, yes, we have to look at our stress. Yes, we have to look at our blood sugar and we have to look at our diet. And I think we just kind of override all those like really big pillars just to be like, but what do I take for my period? How do I balance my hormones? You're like preaching to the choir right now because most of the time people come to me and it's just like, I need to alleviate the pain right now. And it's like, okay, here's a solution. But also, what are you doing in your day-to-day life to manage and mitigate that pain? Like healing is a process, not a pill. Like, I know we don't want to hear that, but it's the truth regardless. And, you know, one of my favorite things that you talked about just now is like oils. Like, I'm no, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm the expert. What I know for a fact is I cook with avocado oil and occasionally I'll cook with grapeseed oil. And that's just more about the smoke point related things but everything feels so much better with avocado oil. It's just, maybe it's just avocado. You might be like, this is the worst oil ever, but I just want you to know that like, I'm not using vegetable oil. So like, it's fine, right? Like everything's fine. Totally fine. I'm a huge advocate of cooking with avocado oil. So yes, totally great. I love it. Um, I do. So what everybody doesn't know is that we recorded an episode and then it got deleted. And anyway, Um, but one thing that we were talking about in the original show. I don't know. We got like totally sidetracked and you were telling me of like about how you cook Brussels sprouts or something. Yes. <laughs> so random. But I was thinking about this before, before our conversation, because we've been talking a lot here about family uh, feeding and like, kind of like how to cook and prepare meals for a family. And you are uh, a single younger gal. I mean, I'm 37, so I can, like, I can, like, <laughs> I'm 27. So, okay. You're right. Okay. I got a decade on you. Right. So, but you're still cooking for yourself. And I, I find that in talking to, um, talking to some people, you know, who are an obstacle to cooking food and meal prep is like, I hate having to do this for myself. Like I don't want, it's so stupid to cook for one person. How do you get through that? Like, is, do you have any pro tips for anybody listening? So first of all, like I am the girl who's like, I love a good moment. Like I can make anything a moment. I don't know why, but like, that's how I feel when I cook. So like, we're talking like eat, pray, love moment of like being in like Italy on the floor with her pizza. Like that's kind of how I am. That's just me as a person. Right. So I think that one, knowing that you cooking is one, a skill that you're building for when you're not alone anymore. Right. So maybe when you have a partner or a family one day, that's one thing, look at it like that. Number two, think of it as a self love practice and self care. People think that the self care is just the face mask or like going to therapy. And yes, those are, those are great. But also so it's like actually intentionally nourishing your body so that you can feel your best. And I don't know, like, I think maybe it's just because I love food. Like I love to eat. And like, I'm also like a very lazy cook too. So like, I'm just like, also where am I at in my cycle and how much time do I need to spend with myself? So when you're looking at the menstrual cycle, right. As the blueprint and you're in that phase where it's two weeks of low energy, that's the time that I intentionally cook larger and more 
nutrient dense meals that are a little bit more extravagant because it slows me down. And that's what my body needs. But the moment I'm done bleeding, it's like, turn up, like, mm, I don't have time for this. Where's the toast? Let's go. Like, you know, I want to be on the go. Speaking of food, I would love to chat with you about your thoughts on um, seed cycling, because I feel like there's yeah. like a war, like about seed cycling. People are like, seed cycling is the answer. And then some people are like, it's not evidence-based. And I'm like, whoa. I, I mean, I my thought, my viewpoint on seed cycling is like, try it. Is it going to override some of the big things we talked about, like blood sugar imbalance or not eating a, a well-balanced diet or having inflammation in the body or being stressed out? No, but I also don't see it as being like a detriment. So have you had success with that in your practice? So seed cycling, there's a few things that I'm just like, everyone wants to argue about seed cycling. And I'm like, it's not that deep. And then, um, <laughs> sorority, sorority syndrome. So like getting your period around somebody else, like Neither of those things are actually scientifically backed, but we're all aware that seed cycling works for some people. And we're all aware that like, there are moments and times where like, if you're around a bunch of your friends who are girls and they have their periods, right? Like y'all all might be on the same cycle. No, science doesn't study those things necessarily, right? Like, but we all know them to be true. So I don't really give a lot of energy to it. Like seed cycling. I've done it. Do I do it ritually? No, it takes too much time. I'm not interested in that. Like simple and uncomplicated. However, I have a lot of clients. I have a lot of students who love it. You know, one of my friends owns a seed cycling company. It works for her and her lifestyle. For me, I'll maybe pop it in my smoothie from time to time and like call it a day. But that's also because my other habits in my lifestyle are more supportive and they're the ones where I want to give energy to. I don't always want to give energy to being like, okay, let me have my sesame seeds. Let me have my sunblock. Like, but that's just me. Like simple, uncomplicated, a little lazy, just a little, not a lot, <laughs> but a little. I think people are so overwhelmed by feeling like they have to do all the things, like every single thing that they learn about, they have to do. And instead I'm more like, eh, pick your poison. Like what, what calls to you? What feels enjoyable? Like, where can you create a moment for yourself? If, if seed cycling calls to you, like get on it. I have yeah. uh, somebody locally who creates teas based on the, 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 uh, the phase of your cycle and uses herbs and creates, you know, so it's like, if that calls to you do that, it's, but like, we don't have to just like chastise like a whole practice because you, you don't subscribe to that idea. It's so bonkers. I mean, we could say that about everything these days. And also it's like, you know, what's not evidence-based and scientifically backed setting intentions on the new moon, but bitch, I'm still doing that. Right. So like, who and cares? I think everyone just, <laughs> If everyone could just take a deep moment to breathe and like inhale all of the good, exhale all of the bull, like, please. And thank you respectfully, you know, like it's not, it's really not that deep, but we live in a society that everyone takes everything personally for some reason. Like this is like the society of like offense at this point. And I'm like, hmm, the truth is really provocative now. Like, you know, and it, like it gets the people going, but it's really where do you want to spend your time, your energy, and your attention? Do what's nourishing to you. Do what's like flowy. Like I'm all about like big love and flowy vibes. Like that's my thing. Do what works for you. I mean, like I have a, my own period tea. 
because it works for me. I drink it every day, but I don't need you to drink it every day for me to know that it works. Like it's got oat straw and nettle and lemon balm. Like it's got the goods because I know what I'm doing, but also some people just don't like tea. That's okay. The intention of me just being like, this is a period tea was so people knew it was for their period. But the purpose of the tea is so you can make a moment every day. We call it daily flow. Like that's the name of the tea. Of course, I had to add flow in there. But it's so you can drop into this state of like flow in mindfulness every day without feeling like you have to do everything at all times. Because listen, I talk about a lot of things and I live a certain way. But that doesn't mean that way that I live works for maybe you, right? So yeah, that's that's the tea. I think this is actually my first time on the podcast talking about it. It kind of like put me on the spot. I was like, what? Okay. Yeah. I well, we gotta have, we have to tell people about the tea. They the people want to know about the tea. We'll, we'll I'll make send sure you one. Please. Yeah. And we'll yeah. make sure we link to it in the show notes. Um, okay, so final question for you. Yeah. I would love for you to talk. Um people wanted to know about more natural options versus um you know, uh, I'm sorry, uh, tampons and pads. I couldn't think of a name. Oh yeah. So I know you do, you talk a lot about period underwear. Um, can you just kind of talk us through the basics of what a menstrual cup is and also what period underwear are? So people have other options outside of doing a pad or a tampon. Can I, I would be honored to. So the first thing I want to go over is like the menstrual cup, because I feel like a lot of people get more comfortable with a cup as opposed to like the period underwear, people are still a little not sure how they feel about it. So the menstrual cup is generally it's, well, it's a cup. Okay. You're going to take it and you're going to fold it a specific way and you insert it into the vaginal canal. It literally sits at the base of the uterus and collects the blood. Most people are like, why would I want to do that? Well, for one, they're like, they last up to 10 years. I think they cost like $30 and they're not as wasteful as your tampons and no studies have come out saying this is true, but I've noticed that I don't cramp as much when I have a cup in, like, I don't feel any discomfort. If I have a tampon in, I'm like, Ooh, get this out of me. Cause the body is like ready to release anyway. So a menstrual cup, I think is one thing that's really, really good for probably people who are I would say if the person is like 15 and older, I would recommend trying a cup, maybe even 16 and older. And that's just a convenience-based thing. You only have to change it like every 12 hours, as opposed to like every three to four hours, depending on how you bleed. Um, and there's so many different cups. So there's a website called putacupinit.com and it has a phenomenal quiz and you can take a quiz and find out which one is going to work the best for you. Let's talk about these underwear. It's Let's talk about these panties. Okay. Um, a lot of people just don't know how they feel about it because when you think about bleeding and then you think about your underwear, it's like, why would I do that? But most period underwear has a specific technology that allows it to actually absorb the blood and make sure that like, it's not, you can't smell it. I have never really dealt with like a smell as it relates to like menstrual bleeding. Um, but I love my period panties and personally, I like to wear them overnight, but I also love to recommend them for people who have young menstruators in their life. So if you have like a daughter who is like, uh, I mean, I feel like 
people are getting periods a lot sooner than they used to. Um, so what I'm noticing is a lot of moms who have girls that are like nine, 10 and 11 are like, what options do I have? She doesn't want to be in a pad period panties are definitely the way to go. And a lot, there's a lot of different ranges too, right? So someone who's young, just getting their period might need a lighter absorbency as opposed to someone who's like a little bit older, like me, like, I mean, I'm only 27, but you know, my mom keeps telling me I'm almost 30. I'm like, thank you. I know. Like, (laughs) thank you. I'm aware, you know, um, but I have a heavier absorbency for like overnight. Now, when you're getting started, I would recommend for younger people, especially that preteen age, start with the period panty as they get into high school, go to the cup and also know that there's so many different sizes for both of these things. So whether it's the cup or it's the underwear, you have to kind of figure out what's going to work best. I tried five or six different cups before I found the one that I'm like obsessed with. And the one I'm obsessed with is like so weirdly shaped compared to everything else. I mean, you can go to target. We all love a good target trip, right? There's an entire aisle for menstrual products, but specifically there's like this much of the aisle is like the actual period cups. Um, also just like an FYI, and I feel like I need to throw this out there. If you're using a menstrual pad or a tampon, make sure it's organic cotton, fragrance-free. Please, thank you, sincerely, everyone who doesn't want you to have any type of pain. For people who are like, why would I need the organic cotton? We mentioned the word xenoestrogens, and I know that a lot of you are already aware of it, so I'm not going to like kind of be redundant with it. But what we're finding is because cotton is one of the most heavily treated crops in terms of pesticides and toxins. We don't want to put that into the vaginal canal or even near it, right? Because our bodies are absorbing all of these different things. And I think a lot of people just fail to consider that. Like we know low tox living, non-toxic as much as possible. Yes, friends, that comes to your period as well. Like let's take care of your cycle and your body because ultimately when we're not doing those things or we're not aware of those things, we're causing more imbalances. And I would say the biggest issue I'm noticing is like the xenoestrogens and everything we see. Like everything, everything. Like, I mean, even to like your makeup products, right? Like we could have an entire podcast episode separate, which I know you do all about that, but like be really intentional. And I know there's a lot of big brands making steps to, you know, be more clean, make sure it's not the green washing with the labeling. I saw one brand, they came out with period panties that were disposable. And I was like, Oh, I would love to try these. First thing I saw was like fragrance. I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) I I think you really missed the mark with that one. Like I, mm, I, for the, for the slightest second, I almost supported you. And then I was like, no. And then I was like, no, I know my, a friend of mine used to like, she would joke that, uh, people would like catch her in like the aisle of CVS, like sniffing pads before she, before buying them. She's like, I just want to make sure there's no fragrance in them. I'm putting them like right up against my vagina. I don't want straight up chemicals up in there. So that's another thing, make sure that there's no fragrance in your products at all. 
Um, okay. Thank you so much for being here. I want to make sure that people, I, I, you are such a vibe. That's one of the reasons that I wanted to have you. I just love the content you put out. It's you present things in such like a cheery, simple way where it's like, doesn't feel so hard and overwhelming and scary. And I just, we need more energy like yours out there. So I super appreciate you coming on the show. Just let everybody know where they can find more of you. First, thank you. I love to have like sparkly energy. That's what I call it. Cause we do live in the society where like everyone's like so intense and it's like, please stop. Like, thank you. Um, but you can come hang out with me on Instagram. I always say, if you want a little like handshake from me or a high five Instagram, my Instagram is at Barry on L Barry. My company is at optimize your flow. So if you want me and my energy, come hang out with me on my Instagram. If you just want the information, go to optimize your flow. It's way better. Um, I also have a podcast where I say that's kind of more of our like virtual coffee date, you know, maybe having some matcha and tea with me. Um, and that is flow with Barry on Barry. And that one's spelled F L O W. Um, instead of like on flow, it's the actual word flow with the W and then my website, optimizeyourflow.com. If you want to know how to biohack your periods and really transform, like not only your cycle, but your life, coming out with me there. I'd love to see you. Awesome. Thank you so much. You guys got to check her out. She's awesome. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you got something from today's show, don't forget, subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.